a castle makeover, after-hours events for two of your favorite rides, and will Mando and friends be landing on Batuu sometime soon? That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James, and to my right, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. hey Each week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, though, we should note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Unless given to me by my wife. Oh, and then case in that case, they are my own. <laughs> there you go. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good stance to take. <laughs> Knowing that your wife is 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 listening for sure, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's always watching, but <laughs> <laughs> but she has okayed me. Uh, I wish I had. I gotta have like the the you know like the drum hit. <laughs> but she has okayed me to. Uh, to poke fun at her uh, not being a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've already done it, like, I think two or three times. So you've definitely, you've definitely rung that bell. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just went for it and then she said, it's okay. That, you just, um, I believe that is like, that is the Silicon Valley approach of just like, do it and ask for uh, forgiveness uh, after the fact, right? Easier, yes. easier to apologize than to ask for permission. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it basically came down to like, well, are you a morning person? She's like, no. It's like, well, there you go. I mean, right. It's all right. Telling it like it is, man. Yeah. Well, how you doing otherwise? Good. Uh, I finally got uh, all the maintenance done on my car. Oh so my. I'm ready for our trip, uh, which is rapidly approaching. How many days? What's the countdown? Uh, right now it is, uh, officially like seven days away. Whoa, that is insane. Yes. And it's going to end like this last week just blew through. I mean, it was like, wow, it's already Friday. It's already Saturday. Wow. This is just going really fast. So, uh, I expect, uh, this next week to crawl since I'm like looking forward to (laughs) to the, uh, the end of the week. But, uh, I got pretty much everything done that I really need to get done. I already got, uh, our room snacks already kind of situated. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I might get a couple more. I mean, it's only, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really only three days, but you know, I don't want to be hurting for anything. Right no. Now. Uh, and we, uh, and we have a plan in effect for hopefully getting on, uh, rise of the resistance. So. Oh yeah. That's, Fair enough. Uh, Rise of the Resistance crowd check. Uh, it's still insane. Yes. Uh, well, this last week was pretty insane because of uh, President's Day. Yeah, yeah. Fair so, enough. So that was, I think that was the big deal with that. So hopefully it'll clear out a little bit. But we have uh, a plan in, in, in place. The idea is, is that we are going to leave earlier than we normally leave. Uh, Here. Here, right? Uh, you so, drive down same day, right? Yeah, uh, well, um, not this time, okay. Uh, sorry, so what 
usually what we do when we have our our normal like trips, we'll drive down. I'll have a day of rest, mm-hmm. and then we go to the park starting the next day, uh, which is what we're gonna do this time because my wife wants me to uh, actually get some sleep, so we're not uh, too like tired, but. The thing usually we run into is, of course, uh, when we get there so early, our room isn't ready. Right. So um, so at that time, we go to the park for a little bit and kill time. Uh, so the idea is this time we're going to get there even earlier. So we're there in time for rope drop on Monday. Yeah. So, um, so that we can get in on uh, rise of resistance before my sister shows up because that is going to complicate things. Right. Uh, Cause I have more people that I'm going to have to bring in. And then, uh, she's probably, she probably should not ride it. Uh, so yeah. So you're just, you're doing it for, uh, so it'd be you and Lori grabbing your boarding passes. Yes. Cool. So it'll just be me and my wife going, uh, if my sister or my other sister and, uh, or my, I guess my, in <laughs> my brother-in-laws yeah. want to ride, that's something we have to like figure out. But I think it's at least this way, hopefully I can get on it. Yeah. I mean, they, on. they wouldn't be able to, so if they're not with you in the morning, then they got to do their own thing. Cause yeah. you, can't, you can't add anybody unless they've scanned in. Yeah. Well, I mean, then, I mean, on Tuesday and Wednesday, we would have to like plan like what I we're going to do. So. so you'll have three opportunities for rise. Potentially. Got it. Uh, I think uh Tuesday's probably a wash right? because uh we'll have, my older sister joining us. Mm. I don't know when she's going to get there, but it'll probably be later in the day. Plus it'll be, I don't think I'm going to be able to meet up with my younger sister on Monday because they're coming in like late at night. Uh, And so it'll be like meeting up with her early in the day uh, on Tuesday. And then we're all going in. Uh, So really our only time would be for them would be doing it on Wednesday. Uh, so that's something we would have to like look into at sure. planning, but uh, I think that's still kind of tricky. Sure. So, Hey man, well, I am super excited to get your thoughts on it. I mean, it is uh, as we've discussed here, it's an incredible experience. And so I am totally looking forward to just getting into the nitty gritty with you. Uh, we'll definitely have to have a, a an episode about that. And, um, probably worth d- diving further into like what, how that makes galaxy's edge feel like, is it fleshed out now, but we'll save that for once you've had a chance to ride that. Yes. Oh, a couple of news items for the day that were super for the week, I should say that were very exciting, uh, and that caught my eye. So we know that, uh, the Indiana Jones adventure at Disneyland is going down for refurbishment at some point this year. We don't know when. Uh, It was kind of rumored to be kind of springtime, summertime. uh, And as kind of like, it seems like as a send-off, if you will, um, Disneyland has announced an after-hours access event for all annual pass holders. 
So if uh, if you're in the park on March 4th and or March 5th and you are an annual pass holder, you'll be able to ride Indiana Jones Adventure after the park has closed. There isn't a ton of details on this yet, so we don't know how long the park's going to be open afterwards. We don't know if there's any other cool things that might be included, one would hope, because uh, it just had a big anniversary, too. I think it's like, what, 30 no 25 years is that right 25 years anyway uh so uh there might be some cool new other events planned for it that they're going to announce in the future but this also follows the news that soren over california which is temporarily returning for the california adventure food and wine festival well also be having an after hours access event. So it seems like both parks are getting in on this action for, uh, for a little trip down nostalgia lane. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, (laughs) the joke that, um, that I saw all over the internet and especially on Reddit was like, how many times is the Indiana Jones adventure going to break down during this after hours event? (laughs) Can you imagine signing up for this? And then it's like, well, Sorry, guys, like no boulder effect. Uh, <laughs> like any number of uh any number of issues that uh that ride is prone to experience. Uh yeah, that that I can definitely see. Like uh uh you know, stuff just not triggering and stuff. So uh, yeah. I mean, I at least if anything, it's holding up for your nostalgia. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the ride that you always remembered. <laughs> I remember this. Before before everything gets done up. It, I'm so we've talked a little bit about this before. I'm really interested in seeing what they're going to do, and I hope it's more than just kind of a repaint and uh, tightening the bolts and fixing the screws. But um, it, I know that I think uh, Snow White is getting the big refurb, as we've kind of heard rumors around in terms of uh, making it a little more cheery towards the end, kind of more like um, the Disneyland Paris version, which has... Uh, send off that includes Prince Charming and Snow White and all of that, but uh, but it'll be interesting to see if there's anything added to the Indiana Jones adventure, or even just like uh, what something that I would love to see is just like the the chamber rotation at the beginning, where you maybe go through a different door each time, even though it's technically the same uh, entrance that you're going in, but it's not right now. It's just kind of randomized, so you're kind of in um there's different effects that play in that same chamber but remember when the ride first opened and for a while they would kind of rotate those doors around to make it look like you were going into a different chamber you had the chance of going into a different chamber each time Mm. it's those small little effects like that that have since kind of been turned off Mm. uh would be really cool well i would like to see a better looking indie (laughs) it's like yeah yeah, look at indie is like man that doesn't look anything like harrison ford (laughs) so uh you know, come on, give Indy like a, a proper makeover for himself. Cause you know, especially now that they have uh Indy five in the works. God, I can't wait to see it. Really? Oh man. Fired up. I hate to say, it, I mean, given, you know, Crystal Skull was ruined by the beef in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I totally like just about like Shia LaBeouf. That's what you're referencing. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a little piece of Henry humor. I get it. Cause I I'm, I'm around you, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Shia LaBeouf just not 
not my favorite actor. I mean, given he has his moments where he he, he works, but uh, I did not want to see him as as Indy Junior. And I just about like had a fit when he was like he picked up the hat, and thankfully. Uh, Harrison Ford takes it back. Sure. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but, you know, I still am a big fan of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, and hopefully um, Five uh, will get it right in that hopefully, you know, they realize what happened with, with uh, Four. And, you know, I mean, given uh, there's – Definitely moments that I, I did appreciate in the in the movie. Yeah, no, it definitely had its moments. I mean, I, I think there's definitely value in making a movie that makes, and this hurts me to say this, and you'll know exactly why I'm saying this right now, but make a movie that will make that character relevant to the current generation, like this young generation coming up. Because uh, when I was in Disneyland in January, I think I even texted you right after this happened. I was waiting in line for uh, the Indiana Jones adventure. There was a group of maybe like three to four teenagers ahead of me. And they were having a conversation about Indiana Jones and asking each other, have you seen it? Have you seen it? And the general consensus was we haven't seen the Indiana Jones movies because they're boring, which blows my mind. It's crazy. So I, I mean, generally I feel like that's on them. Like they're just out of their minds, but uh, you know, there is something to be said about bringing that character back in a way that makes sense and maybe is more appealing to a different generation. I don't, I don't know. I got nothing to say. I'm trying to be as generous as possible for this. I'm not looking forward to a new movie if only because those originals are so good. Kingdom of the crystal skull had some very enjoyable parts that I liked. Um, but uh, I don't know, man, there's so much room for them to mess that up. Yeah, I don't know how you make Indiana Jones, uh, which is already an action, you know, actiony movie. How do you make that less boring? I mean, what do I, I, you know, it just boggles the mind what they would consider. Like, what did they find that was so boring to them? And uh, I, I don't know. Kids these days. Yeah. I mean, what was it? Uh, like, uh, Indy didn't check his, uh, his Instagram enough or, <laughs> you know, uh, but you I think know. that would, that may have been the most old man comment I've ever heard you make. Henry. Indy's <laughs> uh, not on Insta the book on the face gram. <laughs> <laughs> he's not on the gram. He's not, uh, he's not tweeting while he's, uh, beating up Nazis. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's if nothing else, I just hope so to bring it back to the, to the ride. I just hope that it will renew enough interest in the character so that they really give that ride a, that that ride sticks around. I don't think it's going anywhere, but still uh, it, everything is always at risk at, at Disneyland when it starts to, once you hit that, like, you know, 25, 30 year mark in your franchise, it's not around anymore. Um, there's always some little risk to that, but, uh, even if they just, even if they just do a really awesome kind of plus up in the way that we've talked a little bit about this, but in the way that like, um, Disney sea has their Indiana Jones, really all of the effects are top notch. They cut no corners on that ride. There's no, like, uh, there's no area where you're like, man, I wish this wasn't just like 
figures painted in black paint, you know, and, uh, in, um, you know, on the wall to make it look like they're, uh, they're, uh, statues or something like that. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so we'll see what that is. I'm, I am curious on what this, um, on what this refurb is going to be, but wish I could get down there because, uh, I always love riding on the Indiana Jones ride. Every time I'm there, it's always a blast. My favorite, even, even when it doesn't work, which is most of the time, there's something wrong with it. Yeah. It's a blast until they blast my knees. Uh, <laughs> worth it. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as they always seem to like put me in the front seat and that's where it's like worse oh, on my knees. The best man. When I was there. So I was super bummed the last time I was there because, uh, like we were talking about, I, um, in a previous episode, I wasn't able to, my second day at Disneyland, I didn't get called for Rise of the Resistance. So I was totally bummed, felt a little bit better because I rode the Disney, I rode uh, Indy twice, both times, driver's seat, baby. <laughs> yeah, see, I can't sit behind the uh, wheel doesn't wheel. even move anymore. Well, yeah, uh, I usually have to like let my wife sit there because uh, that wheel takes up extra room yeah. and does not fit. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, moving on. <laughs> uh, so Hollywood Studios is next in line to be receiving uh, these various cuts that have come through over the uh, over the last few months throughout Disney parks to their entertainment options. So uh, this is a report from WDW, but um, they are reporting that as of Saturday, we have a couple of character meet and greets that are getting the axe. Uh, so you can say goodbye to Mike Wazowski, Frozone, and Bo Peep. Um, they're getting put in the closet, the character closet in the sky, if you will. Um, we're also losing Star Wars A Galaxy Far, Far Away, the stage show that mixed kind of live actors a little bit with oh, yeah. some screen uh, scenes. It was kind of like a homage to your favorite parts of Star Wars saga. So, um, you know, not certainly not a big deal. And these in general, even those characters, you know, make, they rotate out characters pretty regularly. Um, the reason that I wanted to call this out though, is it, it, and why this caught my eye is it does follow this trend that we've been seeing, um, at these, at Disney parks where, you know, last year we had at Disneyland Resort, we had a bunch of the live entertainment cut as well. Um, this is, of course, we had a lot of the live entertainment that was planned for Galaxy's Edge cut. So it seems like uh, there's this trend going that a lot of these live entertainment shows and musicians and and kind of maybe ancillary fun things to do that aren't kind of like core park rides or experiences, but are fun and kind of give each of these parks a little character. Um, they're, they're seem to be under the knife. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could, I could easily see them bringing them back at least for, uh, like a, like some kind of like, uh, event, a special event they'll do. Um, the one that hurt me and my wife the most, uh, was a while ago. They, uh, they had, uh, the mad tea party. Um, oh, yeah. which was like, uh, it, it was, is basically it was a, a mini rave in the, uh, California adventure. Uh, it was amazing cause they had live, uh, a live cover band that was themed for Alice in Wonderland. And then they had a actual live DJ in between that. And they even had, uh, like a stage for like live performances where they had dancers 
It was really, really well done. Uh, although it was questionable for me, which was they served alcohol, hard alcohol <laughs> at this event. And I always thought that was kind of uh, not a great idea to have uh, that much stuff like that. Uh, well, have alcohol and that kind of stuff going on. And you still technically ha- could have little kids, yeah. you know, walking around, which I mean, they, I didn't see any incidents while I was there, but I imagine that might've been kind of why it's been, it got the kibosh, but uh, it was really well done. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the cover band was awesome. Like I really liked the music. Um, and it was like something that me and my wife, I mean, given you don't, you wouldn't see me raving out on the, on right. the dance floor. Uh, I mean, but we would. Like, Not without two glow sticks in each of your hands. Oh, just. No, uh, no, we would just kind of sit down and that was time when we like, it's time to start uh, kind of chilling out and like, you know, we would sit down, enjoy the music and watch all the younger kids uh, dance and everything. <laughs> nothing, but it, nothing creepy about that. <laughs> well, I mean, we were, we were just like, it was time for us to rest our feet and right. and really just kind of like start to chill out for the night. Sure. Because it was late night and enjoyed the music. I mean, you know, I enjoyed the DJ. I enjoyed the, the band. So it was nice. It was actually surprising to us. And uh, when we first came on it, it but it, it became something we really enjoyed. And now that it's gone, it's kind of, uh, you know, but. Uh, well, I mean, so, but they do have, I mean, what I will say, at least in terms of events, like what you're describing, they, they have, it sounds like, it seems like replaced what you're talking about with after, with the um, after dark events, which uh, usually are pretty cool. So they had like, 90s night, 80s night. They just had 80s night at Disneyland where they brought back Videopolis, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. They have like, you know, Valentine's theme. They have Star Wars after dark, stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, but uh, the thing about the Mad Tea Party was that it was like almost every weekend. It wasn't just like a Got special it. night. It was so like. It does kind of sound like Videopolis then in a way. Possibly. Yeah. Huh. So, mm, cool. but I mean. It was cool, and uh, and they had a setup for it, so you had two stages that were like uh, back to back, kind of like well, not technically back to back. They were faced each other, so you had the main stage, which had uh, the uh, the cover band and or the DJ, and then they still have this stage. They have like um they have like a smaller stage where you would have the live dancing performances which is still up they use that for their like uh when they do um those uh like cheer competitions or right. live band sure. uh, the band competitions uh for high schools and stuff they still have that up uh but uh it was you know it was nice just having that then they also had like some like uh kind of artsy performers like they had uh, like kind of like Cirque du Soleil people doing stuff on uh hanging type uh trapeze types not trapeze but they're hanging down and then they had uh uh like the flamingos people on stilts mm. it was really cool sounds looking, cool but uh yeah no more no more uh also going on another big announcement 
from uh, Magic Kingdom is that Cinderella's Castle is getting a makeover. Uh, so they've already released a concept image showing what the iconic castle is going to look like with gold highlights and a pink top half. Uh, and work has already started. It's expected to continue through summer. And it's been confirmed that it's not going to receive the full scrim cover-up that uh, Sleeping Beauty's castle at Disneyland received, mm. which if you remember last year, uh, it pretty much, they had it covered for quite a few months mm. um, as it was going under its its pretty major refurbishment. So sounds like a uh, similar thing happening at uh, Magic Kingdom and you'll at least be able to take pictures in front of it. That was definitely a big concern of many people that yeah. um, that they answered in a Q&A was like, wait a second, I'm finally going on my Disney trip and I want a picture in front of Cinderella's castle. Am I going to be able to get it? Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll still be able it's to get probably it. the learning. There might just be like cranes and stuff like that in the way, but you know whatever. Yeah, it's probably learnings they got from what they did for Sleeping Beauty. Is like ah, we got so much so much backlash from it that they are doing allowing people to have that uh, picture moment. It's so. also, I mean, it's also massive. Like, it, can you imagine like scrims covering up that castle? That would be huge. Yeah, especially but, in uh, Florida where inclement weather and. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you have that much uh, like metal like up and down. Yeah, uh, but still, I mean, it's it's Disney. They they got the money. They could have done it. They They've got it figured out. Yeah. Uh, and last but certainly not least, we've got a rumor that's been floating around uh, about the Mandalorian landing at Disney parks as uh, a meet and greet character with maybe some of his friends. So this is from an in the know article has since been taken down, which gives maybe a little more smoke uh, to this rumor, but um, stating that they had an exclusive confirmation that Mando will be arriving in the very near future. There's no, since this is not an official confirmation, uh, there's no time frame given, but considering how popular Galaxy's Edge has been with uh, Rise of the Resistance opening and how popular The Mandalorian has been, uh, especially the the Baby Yoda child merch, uh, it makes total sense that, um, that that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's too easy of a win to to get uh, Mandalorian because for one thing he never takes off his helmet so you don't know what he looks yeah, like doesn't say much so it's it's easy an easy uh, costume to like, pull off uh, more the question that would be for me or I should say for my wife is 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 the child going to be with him uh, that is more important uh, <laughs> she is all about the child given. I mean, it's great because the child and Mandalorian got her back on board to Star Wars for me. So it makes things sure. easier for me. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting because for uh, Valentine's Day, that was the theme. <laughs> really? Uh, I did. I went for for Valentine's Day. Like uh, I got her. I mean, given not everything was the child, but uh, I got her like some pop sockets. For oh, okay. Phone. Uh, Why wasn't everything the child? That seems like that would have been awesome. Actually, par I, I kind of kicked myself because um, I should have thought of it sooner and got her like a, a, a child. uh a cell phone case. Mm. Uh, 
And I didn't think about it until like too late. And then I was like, you know, but I got her a card. It was like this uh, pop-up card. Right. Uh, it was the child uh, besides the pop socket. So there you go. I got her a couple of the pop sockets. She loves the pop sockets. So, sure. and then, uh, I mean, I got her some other stuff too. So it's not just that, uh, she makes it easy to do, uh, <laughs> Valentine's day because she doesn't do anything for Valentine's day. So no matter what I do, <laughs> I've outdone her. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so are you going to be asking, uh, permission to use that anecdote later or <laughs> make a note of that? Uh, no. I'm not asking. Don't even need to. Uh, So, so I, uh, I mean, totally, you're absolutely right. It makes complete sense that this is going to be a character that's going to show up. Uh, And you nailed it in terms of it being like, yeah, this is, it is both a show that appeals to uh, a lot of non-Star Wars fans that maybe are watching it with Star Wars fans. But also, I mean, that's kind of almost like what Batu and Galaxy's Edge is kind of in that it uh, it obviously exists in Disneyland that has a lot of non-Star Wars fans that are visiting. So, you know, the more that they can build in those kind of hooks and appeals to make it so that non-Star Wars fans are enjoying the experience too, uh, it may, that makes total sense. The only kind of piece to the whole puzzle with this that I'm curious about is, um, you know, Disney parks have made such a deal about the chronology and the canon of Galaxy's Edge and where Galaxy's Edge fits into the overall Star Wars canon, right? Mm -hmm. So we can't have Luke and we can't have Han and we can't have those classic characters for the most part because that's not where this movie takes place. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to see... you're not going to hear Star Wars music going on because this is like a real place that exists, right? Um, You're not going to see any of those like vehicles or characters that, or anything else that existed exclusively in the original trilogy period, or even in the prequel period. It's only kind of, I believe this is, uh, takes place between these last two Star Wars movies. So it's well, this new trilogy that Well, technically in. they could have Han and Luke and Leia. They would just be the old grizzled versions of them because they were in the the new uh the new movies. Uh but I but think But I think it takes place after Force Awakens. So Han's dead. Uh Oh, uh, it could be his ghost. He, he showed up yeah. in the, he showed up in the third movie. Well, so it's like <laughs> So this is kind of, again, this is the question of Galaxy's Edge. And we've, we touched upon this briefly. Again, this is another one of these topics that we've, we've kind of gone over before, but it's still just kind of perplexing to think like, how far is this idea of contextualizing Galaxy's Edge within canon? How far is that going to stretch before it's just like, what are we doing anymore? Like, why are we why are we sacrificing the expected experience and and the kind of almost to your point like slam dunk gimme experiences for canon's sake and and maybe mando being introduced because I, mando takes place before all of this so it's certainly possible that he exists you're right they could write that into canon uh, I'm I'm curious, and part of me hopes that this is the case, 
is this kind of the first domino to fall in terms of like we're slowly brought, if not eliminating the canon and the context of the time period, maybe we're peeling it back a little bit and allowing for a little more, a little more interpretation. Yeah, I think it's, um, well, this is kind of tough for me to kind of talk on without, with, uh, my current, uh, amount of knowledge on it, but I think hopefully what we'll see is, uh, is possibly, uh, you know, just there, I mean, doing kind of bringing in new stuff to kind of try and like work Batu into like current canon and have like a, a make it feel more like, you know, it's one of those things where you say like, why did they go with Batu instead of Mos Eisley? Sure. Since Mos Eisley is probably the most iconic, uh, location in, uh, in, in Star Wars that people recognize right off the bat, the can- cantina being, uh, that um but um why didn't they have the cantina in there well i think the idea is like you know unfortunately we are older and they're trying to appeal to a a younger generation totally so we already have our like love of star wars and we're probably going to go anyways now they need to get those those children who think that indiana jones is boring uh, get them into, uh, galaxy's edge. So, um, right. I I mean, and to that point, you can kind of see how the cantina in galaxy's edge is kind of like that nod to the cantina in Moss Eisley. And in that sense, it is very true. You could still potentially deliver on touch points that, as a older Star Wars fan of the original trilogy era, or even even a I don't know what they would be a middle of I don't know what the generation that grew up with the uh, prequels, poor, mm. poor kids, uh, being their Star Wars. Like regardless, like various touch points throughout that kind of at least trigger that same level of nostalgia to make it not feel like this is not my Star Wars, which I think when Galaxy's Edge first opened, you were getting a lot of that. But um, but just something like that. So certainly adding Mando would do that and make it feel like that's the case. But also I, I wonder too, and I don't want to get off on, an, on a whole Galaxy's Edge conversation. We, we should save that for another episode. But um, But it's also just like, hey, if a lot of the concept, the original concept of Galaxy's Edge that was discussed publicly when it was announced, if all of that is delivered on, I don't think people are going to mind that much, whether it's Batu or Tatooine. But it's like, dude, if you have aliens and droids roaming around or at least having some presence, it feels a little more like, OK, this is a Star Wars that I can get get with. Yeah. If, I- uh, if Mando's running around then it's fine. Sure. Well, I get that. I think, I mean, if we look at things in, in just in the basic term of like uh, Mando, Mando is, is a big deal to Disney right now. I mean, the Mandalorian uh, show was huge, is huge. It's, it's actually a good star Wars show. Uh, 
I mean, and uh, and it's an easy win to bring him in, and uh, and just and he also the fact that it was a good show, everybody I think can get behind seeing like you know old uh, you know Star Wars fans, young Star Wars fans can get behind a, a scene Mandalorian. Plus, I mean, let's be honest. Everybody loved Boba Fett. Uh, they didn't love him because he was the most awesome character in Star Wars. They loved him for his armor. Uh, I Mysterious. Mean, like, look at him in the movies. He didn't have a big part in the movies. And, right. and part of that was flying into the sarlacc pit it was like it's kind of like he was kind of he was kind of clown shoes in uh <laughs> return of the jedi so it was like oh uh boba fett he's so bad he, he, well he's such a like awesome like bounty hunter he gets beat by a blind han solo who accidentally sends him into the right. sarlacc pit yeah. so i mean uh like let's just be honest he wasn't as as awesome as he appeared, uh, Mandalorian, on the other hand, everybody can get behind him being amazing. Uh, and, uh, but then when it comes down to it, he's got an awesome set of armor. Yeah. Well, and I think <laughs> as well, your point is critical. Like if, if you're, if you're one of the handful of people that is going to be offended by the fact that there it's, it's slightly bending the rules of the continuity then you just respond with like, oh, it's old man Lando, uh, Mando, and it's you can't tell because his hood is uh, his uh, helmet is on. Yeah, he's old and grizzled under there. Right? Hey, you never know; it could be another uh, Mandalorian under oh, there. Just my got God. he's just got his armor. Good point. <laughs> that is a damn good point. So uh, I guess with this, I mean, we're we're just talking a little bit about Galaxy's Edge and Star Wars, and maybe some of the challenges. Um, I just wanted to also briefly touch upon because really, you know, I got this feeling the last time I was in Disneyland for Rise of the Resistance. I got this feeling, too, when I was in Disneyland Paris because they were about to have a Star Wars land added to to their kind of lineup at one of their parks. Mm -hmm. But I can't shake the feeling. I've, I've read this as well, but I can't shake the feeling that... It feels almost like we're hitting a point of, I don't know if it's a tipping point. It's a strange feeling for there to be Star Wars land and Star Tours and Launchpad. And, you know, if you're in um, Disneyland Paris or if you're in Hong Kong Disneyland, they both have permanent hyperspace mountains. Paris has hyperspace mountains. So where it's going to get really weird in Paris, and weird is not the right word, but maybe a little confusing, is that because Star Wars land, whether that's Batu, Euro, or something else, I don't know, uh, is going to be in Walt Disney Studios Park. So it's going to be in a completely different park than where Star Tours and Launchpad and Hyperspace Mountain is. Um, it feels, A, it's a lot of Star Wars. B, the question always comes up, why is there Star Wars outside of Star Wars land now that it has its own designated area? Yeah. I don't know if you share that feeling. Um, I'm not necessarily feeling the same way, at least with uh, Disneyland, because 
uh, Hyperspace Mountain isn't always Hyperspace Mountain. It is not Hyperspace Mountain right now. That yeah. is a good point. Uh, and then the other thing is, is that I, I kind of like the kind of lore with uh, uh, Star Tours is that you are taking off from somewhere else. Uh, you're not actually technically on Batu when you're taking off from Star Tours. Uh, that being said, <laughs> you do land at Batu in most in, in most of the rides. Uh, yeah, uh, I well, you can. Uh, it's in the rotation. Yes, it's in the rotation. Uh, um, but I mean, uh, I, I like it where it is. I mean, at least for now, uh, I think trying to move it over is would be crazy. Uh, a lot of money. Sure, uh, but I feel like I I I think it's something that should stick around. Uh, I think they just need to make sure that they work in the lore uh, that that you are. It, maybe even it deserves a refurbishment on a way of making it working it into kind of the Batu lore, and that to make it more apparent that you are taking off from somewhere else. Uh, and that it's it's another spaceport. Yeah, and well, yes. So that definitely makes sense from a fictional standpoint. You're right. Like there's that that can certainly be done. Uh, and I mean, it's it's kind of already there. It obviously it does serve the purposes of the business side, or or even just the functional side of Disney planning. In that, um, it would seem like. So if you disagree with this, I'm curious. I'd, I'd love to hear it, of course. It seems, though, like Batu is all about new Star Wars experiences, right? Whether that's it's new as in these are from the newer movies that is where the time period is and where it's contextualized. Or it's just like completely new stuff that you're experiencing either through kind of your interactions with the characters there that are unique or, uh, you know, Rise of the Resistance, Smuggler's Run, which are kind of new Star Wars stories unto themselves. Or, uh, you know, just uh, the cantina, any of the stuff that's going on in the cantina. Those are all, it's like, it's, it's, it's self-contained new Star Wars experience. As opposed to, you know, uh, Star Tours and Launch Bay and any of these other areas, um, various parks where kind of, older Star Wars content exists. And that is like, these are the Star Wars experiences that you know very well and that you love and that you remember from a different period, right? Yeah. And so there is that physical separation in that new is in Batu, classic is in outside of Batu, right? Yeah. And so and that includes that it that includes not just like your experiences, but your like merch as well. Like if you want a uh, if you want a Han Solo shirt, uh, you're not going to get that in Batu. You'll get that in Launch Bay or somewhere else within Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think right now the idea, um, at least what Disney is doing, is Disney's trying to build up a a uh, like a Batu. Black Spire type um, experiences and they're going to, it'll probably expand beyond. I mean, we're just seeing the early days of everything. Uh, 
and stuff that's outside of that, especially like uh, Star Tours, uh, that is old, uh, older, and you have people who are have nostalgia for for Star Tours, and Disney's very hesitant on taking stuff like that away, just because they have seen like a big out uh, outrage from fans when they try and pull something like that away. Plus, Star Tours is still really really popular so i mean if if star tours gets anything it should just get refurbishment uh fix some of the stuff like uh in the walk-up you uh right last time i've been uh i went like the uh, whole scanning that the you know your the droid is doing and all the like uh x-rays that they're doing None of that stuff was working. Oh. So it was like, ah, oh, man, you know, this is one of my favorite parts of this. And you don't have this running. All the jokes are falling flat. Yeah. Come on, man. Right. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't think they should get rid of it. Uh, it, it has its place. It, it is kind of nostalgia. If anything, they could do a refurbishment and have like a reference to Batu and Black Spire and stuff in there. Um, but I mean, I think, uh, I think Disney's smart enough to kind of keep that around and have that. I mean, it's definitely, like you said, point out, you have uh, a different area of merch and a different uh, line of merch to, to, to buy. So I don't think it's, it's, it's bad having that separated. Um, so, so bad isn't the right word I would use. Well, but I, but I, I guess my feeling, and I'm not even against it. Like I said, I, I get it. It makes sense. But what feels weird is that in some of the parks, and this is definitely the case in Disneyland, I feel like right now is there a franchise that is a, a Disney franchise that is more represented in the parks than star Wars, D just at Disneyland specifically. No. So to me, that feels a little weird. <laughs> That's yeah. all it's, it, uh, it seems like, I mean, it was 2013, 2014 that star Wars came into the Disney fold. It's a, it's a park that's been there since the fifties. And Star Wars is now like completely, maybe completely is a strong word, but still like it, it is inhabiting more than any other franchise that I can think of. Uh, it, it is completely spread throughout it, large it, portions. It of the has park. a huge presence um, for sure. I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I think that one of the things that, it, you know, you think about it with it is that you have a lot of Disney is is child based, uh, so that's you know you got you know Fantasyland and and all those rides are animation based. Even some of the like you know Toy Story you have uh, based off of animation. So you have with Star Wars you have something more the adults can get behind, which I think kind of helps them feel uh, helps the adults feel like. Hey, I'm not being left behind. I can get behind, you know, going to see some Star Wars and stuff like that. And and you know, let's, maybe it'll change when Marvel lands too. Yeah, I think actually maybe the bigger uh, question is 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 it is it because Star Wars has such a huge 
presence or is it because Tomorrowland feels kind of like a piecemeal compared to like all the other lands where you have like a theme on all the other lands and then Tomorrowland just feels like, you know, you have Toy Story, you have Star Wars, but then is this Tomorrowland, is this tomorrow to you? And it doesn't feel, I think, to me, Tomorrowland doesn't feel like Tomorrowland anymore. And I think that's what they really need to work on more, uh, you know, because I don't know if, like, uh, you know, what they should bring into the Tomorrowland, but, you know, Autotopia is not very uh, futuristic. Yeah, and- I mean, we could definitely do a whole, and we should do a whole episode on kind of Tomorrowland and where it's at and where we would like to see it go. Um, But so valid point, totally like uh, specifically looking at Disneyland as an example. uh, A lot of what we've been talking about, at least in the, on the Disneyland side is couched within Tomorrowland and Tomorrowland just like needs quick stuff. And so launch Bay is kind of like a quick and easy kind of, uh, time burner time waster that they stuck into uh they stuck there and in some space so yeah i mean i'm just glad i will say that i'm glad i like hyperspace mountain glad that it returned to space mountain i was a little worried that it was going to permanently be kind of uh hyperspace mountain just because it feels like that would maybe be like i said uh i get it but I'm on the fence about there maybe being a little bit too much Star Wars. That feels like that would be too much. Yeah. I mean, of course, like my wife's uh, say the slowest uh, trip through hyperspace (laughs) 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 you ever been. It is uh, the most uh, like uneventful trip through hyperspace. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I didn't really have a problem with hyperspace mountain. Uh, I like they have, something uh i guess uh, space ghost kind of uh annoys me a bit because it's so loud like the the ghost screaming in it is just oh yeah so ghost galaxy loud. yeah ghost galaxy that uh <laughs> space ghost <laughs> that would be cool right <laughs> uh but uh it is just like uh it's so loud in my ear it's just like it's frustrating uh at least with the uh a hyperspace mountain it's you get the lights and you get a little bit of something but you don't it's not as loud uh but that being said yeah you know, it's i mean i think it's just weird because tomorrowland is such a piecemeal of different franchises that it just doesn't feel a, like a cohesive land like the others do so and the interesting thing is uh so it's bad at disneyland if you can even imagine this, it's worse. The situation in Tomorrowland feels like it's worse at Hong Kong Disneyland. Hmm. Not because there are like a lack of good things to do, but I mean, again, I'm, I'm going off the top of my head here, so I might miss something. I don't think I am, but uh, the current attractions really, I mean, I think it's two, three. So the big attractions at, Hong Kong three uh, at Tomorrowland are, I wonder if this is, sorry, are hyperspace mountain, Iron Man experience and Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
Those are those are that's pretty much Tomorrowland. Unless I don't think they've renamed it. I know that there's this Avengers expansion that's going on. So maybe Iron Man and Avenger and uh Ant-Man and the Wasp are all just in their own separate area and that cuts off Hyperspace Mountain. Mm-hmm. But really like it's there's that's a pretty rough spot to be. Yeah, I mean yeah, I, I can't speak for Hong Kong, of course. So, I I mean, it's just I think it's just weird, uh, like a, a just an off putting feeling that you have all these other lands where the uh, the rides fit a theme, and then you come to Tomorrowland and it just have so many different franchises within there. And it's just like, well, let's just stick that. You know, you got Toy Story, you have Finding Nemo. You have Star Wars, and it's like, uh, you know, it 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 doesn't feel cohesive, like you know, even like Adventureland, like Indiana Jones is there, but it fits, you know, he's, oh, totally. he's adventure, totally. and you have uh, the uh, the Jungle Cruise that definitely fits, it's, you it's know, OG. So uh, it it just, and then now you have a you know Galaxy's Edge, so you feel like you know. You have Star Wars there, but I mean, I you know to think that they would move uh, Star Tours is Jeff definitely not something. But and- no, I don't think that's going to be the case. But I do think that there will be some point, and this is not just this is to broaden this out at Star Tours at all of the various Disney parks. Um, there will be a point where the decision will have to be made. Do we keep Star Tours or do we not? Mm. And the question will be, let's say this is like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how many, I don't know how long Star Tours keeps getting pushed, but the question will be at some point, do we like, and it, and it, it is probably more immediate. The case is more immediate that this decision is going to happen first at Disneyland only because like we've said, uh, it is in the worst area of the park right now. It is the area of the park that's probably going to see the most change now that Avengers Campus is done and and uh, and Galaxy's Edge is done. Once 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 Avengers Campus is done, I don't know what sees the most next. What's the next big thing other than this? Maybe one day, possibly, hopefully, new new Tomorrowland. Uh, and so when that happens, that decision is going to be made. Do we keep star tours or do we do something else? Whether that's get rid of it or move it. I think that I don't think they're going to move it. I think it'll, if it, if it stays, it's going to be in Tomorrowland. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think, um, I could see star tours in other parks closing potentially, Possibly, uh, I don't. I think they would keep OG open in Disneyland. Really? Just, yeah, just because um, people have nostalgia and people get up in arms when they try to close certain things and yeah. change certain things. It so. is a totally different ride though than when it opened. Like it's not like like the the, the case couldn't even be made that it's like an Alice in Wonderland. In that, like at least that, like that ride, um, 
relatively is is generally pretty similar. There are def- the effects and a lot of the figures and whatnot have been plussed up. Like it's not painted on a wall anymore, or it's not just kind of flat figures. You have like 3D figures, but generally speaking, that is kind of the the same ride. Snow White is relatively speaking. I mean, it's definitely gone through changes. Relatively speaking, kind of the same ride. Like Star Tours is in its concept. That's pretty much it, right? Like it's like the whole ride system has changed. Yeah. If but- it was like they had, if they had done a special edition of that original like video or, or uh, film, then totally. But I mean, it's a, it's a totally different and not experience, but I feel less nostalgic about it than I used to. Yeah. But there also, it also shows though, the fact that um, they keep, throwing money at it that I think they're going to keep it around. That's uh, true. But, but the question is, is that related to its popularity or is that related to the fact that uh, they need a people eater in Tomorrowland? And that at least at the time being is star tours. I think it's because it's popularity, especially now. Cause you could do something else now right. in uh, galaxy's edge. So I think there's still there is still enough popularity in Star Tours that it warrants keeping it around. I mean, I would have to say like you know, it it would have to drop pretty bad. Like right now, I mean, really, the two biggest attractions in Tomorrowland are you know Space Mountain and and star tours uh you know and definitely star tours is still probably one of their their more popular ride in in disneyland i mean it's up there uh but do you you have the disneyland app i do pull it up right now tell me what that wait time is i i don't disagree with well no i i take it back I'll bet, and again, it's it's hard to tell because really, it is a it 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 just has a high capacity of people. But going through, I mean, I guess I'm not at, I'm not going at peak time usually, but still, I don't feel like it's ever like legitimately packed. It is at forty minute wait right now. That's pretty good. Okay, what's it, what's Autopia? Autopia. Uh... It is at 20 minutes. All right. I take it back. More popular. Yeah. Well, Buzz Lightyear's at 20 minutes. Okay. So right now it is the, it is, what's Space Mountain? Just for context. Was, is at 45 minutes. So it's pretty much equal. It's close. Uh, You see, uh, the fast pass is at, Right now is at uh, six fifteen to seven fifteen. Space Mountain, it's nine thirty to ten thirty. Oh, okay, so, so Space least, Mountain is still like definitely. I would say you know, you know I, I, that I that I top. agree with. Uh, but uh, I think Star Tours is still still very very much uh, uh, beloved and popular. Mm. Um, it's it, like you said. I mean, it, I wouldn't say it's the biggest attraction in disneyland no and it's uh i wouldn't even say it cracks the top five yeah no no Um, maybe not even the top 10 i think it's one of those ones that um you it's it's up there enough that 
you would definitely go to it. Like I, I still try and I ride it at least once when I visit uh, Disneyland. And there's, really, there's definitely some rides, and maybe even multiple times. I mean, wow, you know, I don't know if I'm going to stay in a, stand in a really long ride, line for it, um, but if given the chance, I'll go on it multiple times. So you would be one of these people that would be upset if they said, "Hey, we're completely redoing Fantasy or up uh, Tomorrowland." And sad reality is outside of Space Mountain, everything's gone. Yeah, I would be disappointed if I to find out that they're getting rid of Star Tours. Um, I do look forward to like the new additions that they add in. Like I haven't seen this latest one for uh, for nine. Uh, I, I haven't either. You know, I was I was at uh, I was at uh, the park and I could have done that and I didn't. Which tells you something, at least about me. Yeah. <laughs> Where Star Tours is with me. I uh, I definitely love Star Tours. I have a lot of fond memories of Star Tours. I do feel like if any time any of these parks has like a major facelift in the area that that ride is, uh, again, let's just use Disneyland as an example because this is, again, this is where it's going to come up first, most likely. And I feel like, man, if that includes Star Tours, it's it's dated giving an old ride, you know, a fresh coat of paint in a completely new relaunched land. Well, I think uh, to me, Star Tours is probably the most future Tomorrowland, tomorrow uh, type uh, ride in Tomorrowland. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, though. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it's still... More futuristic than anything else in there right now. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting. So just to just to, I guess as a as as a as a wrap up on this entire topic, then I'm guessing that you're saying you do not feel like there is too much Star Wars outside of Galaxy's Edge. No, I don't think there is. Um, I mean, I don't think I would mind. If they move the exhibits mm-hmm. to Galaxy's Edge, I think that's something that could easily be done. What they do in that area, I think, is kind of one of those things that they kind of need to figure out. You know, I think it does make sense to move that stuff to uh, to Batu. Um, but uh, as far as like, you know, Star Tours, I think it's fine where it is. Uh, I think, but overall, I think they need to do something with Tomorrowland. This this we can both agree on. <laughs> that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you like what you hear and want us to keep making content just like this, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, or hit that like button. This has been The Great Park Hop. We'll catch you next week.